Good evening, Patriots. And today is Friday, September 23rd in the year 2022. East Coast, you just hit 24th on Saturday. So, Patriots, I canceled the Bards FM show earlier tonight. We'll postpone the interview with Pastor Brad Cummings to Monday. And the reason for the postponement is the whole story tonight. So you get to buckle up and listen to this. And it is all about Navajo Nation. And God, of course. Before we begin, MyPillow.com is the home of the best sheets and pillow products you can buy for your bedroom. You're not going to get a better night's sleep than with those products. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's our landing page. It's awesome. You're going to find great deals, great savings. And you're not going to find better products, period. There are always great savings there. And if you use your promo code BARDS, you're going to save great things. And on top of it right now, they also have a great sale on the six-piece or the three-piece towel set. So head on over there because MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS is literally like the best place ever to do all your pillow shopping and all your bedroom shopping. And then when you get the towel set, which is a way to wake up because it's always nice to wake up with great towels and a great shower and have comfy towels to go with, then you're you're super, super happy and your day starts right and you're not grumpy. So the three-piece MyPillow towel set right now is on sale for $19.98 with your promo code. And you can get that along with a couple great pillows and you get that with some Giza cotton sheets and then you get that with a comforter and then you can get either a mattress topper or you can even get a new mattress and pretty soon, like, you're singing my pillow all the way to the shower, and then you jump out of the shower, and there's your six, or your three-piece towel set, and you're all good to go. And you've had a MyPillow start to your day, and you're happy, and everybody's good. So MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, and if you want to speak to a real person, you can dial 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. And that's a Patriot Pillow Counselor that will be on standby for you. All right, Patriots. So today was a really big day. And this is a day that since the beginning of this trip has been kind of weighing on me as to how this would all come together. And as one might expect, it came together perfectly because Father led it. And just to recap, when I had left from Oregon, I had known that I was going to be going to Navajo Nation. I even asked for your prayers, which I'm grateful for, because I'm sure that all of these things tied in together. And so after the Missouri event, which was the Summit of Truth, or the Moment of Truth Conference, I was intending to head over to Window Rock and just find my way through. But I was too tired on that Monday. And I wasn't going to be able to do that, get over to Window Rock, and then get back to Texas for the events that were there in time. And I just remember asking Father, it's like, what do you want me to do? Because this is the trip has now changed. And all it was is go to Amarillo. And so from Amarillo, then I went down to Dallas, and the trip was continuing. But I did not go to Window Rock. So as a recap then, as I was heading out from West Virginia, heading over to the Plymouth Rock event where the Resistance Chicks hosted the Covenant, Restoring the Covenant. 
on my way out there, I had a conversation with Jesus and I said, listen, we're getting close to the, near the end of the trip and I'm not worried about it, but if you want me to go to Navajo Nation, I need to get some contacts because I don't have any. And the next day, three people came up to me and said, I have a contact in Navajo Nation, which was literally stunning. That's how Father works. So approximately, I don't know, five days later, because I left Plymouth and I headed to Lincoln, and then Lincoln I went to Springfield to do some downtime, which I'm grateful I did, even though I'm still feeling a little bit cruddy in my chest. Um, it was during that downtime that I got an email from one of the people that had met me at Plymouth Rock, and she said, I can introduce you to the vice president of Navajo Nation. Now, I need to be really clear about this. This is the vice president of the Navajo Nation. I think in our culture, we tend not to value Native American nations very heavily. The Navajo Nation is the largest of all the Native nations. And the vice president is, he's one of the most humble people I've met. I wish we had real, I wish we had vice presidents in the United States that were as humble and as faith driven as he is. But I had a, I'm, that's who I was going to meet today. Now, this man has been in the Oval Office. He has met with President Trump a number of times. He and his wife have put hands on praying with President Trump. They're friends with Mike Lindell. They're just, they're connected everywhere. He was just came back from a Hollywood set with Kevin Costner where he was advising Kevin Costner on a new film to bring in Navajo people to actually play real roles rather than using fake Hollywood people to pretend like they're native. So he's a really, he's an amazing man. His name is Myron Lizer, Vice President Myron Lizer. And his wife is Dottie. So I'm, we're going to have him on the show here in the near future. So I met with him today. We had a conversation on the phone a couple days ago, and we agreed that Friday was the best day to meet. Now keep in mind that all these events that are happening, right? I was thinking about going last weekend to Window Rock. That didn't work out. I was down with just tiredness and some chest congestion. So that's why I took some time off for the weekend. And then this weekend is where it ended up being. Which is interesting because tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah, beginning of Rosh Hashanah. And I really didn't put a lot of this together. I mean, I, I saw that piece, but it's like, that's cool, whatever. But now you're gonna, we're going to get to see how God works because God works pretty amazingly. So today I drove into Navajo Reservation, which was a, an enjoyable drive because I started out the day and I just basically told Jesus, I said, this is an exciting day and we're going to have a fun day because I've been waiting a long time for this part of the trip and it, it's going to be very exciting to get to go to Navajo Nation. And I met Vice President Lizer in his, in his workspace, which he owned, they own three hardware stores, he and his wife. And so we met upstairs. Now, what I didn't realize is that thanks to Fochi, Navajo Nation still has a mask mandate in effect, mandatory. And so when I went into the hardware store, they were, sir, do you have a mask? I said, no, I don't wear one. But I said, do you just tell 
Vice President Leiser that I'm just outside waiting for him. I don't, I don't want to interrupt his business. So I didn't want to have any disruptions. I'm not going to make a scene, obviously. And, and Dottie came out and met me, and she took me upstairs, and we sat down in a conference room. And I told my story. I told what God had put on my heart. And I told him about the Bible. I told him about the five points, which were, which are learning to walk with Jesus. And that's the whole point that we have to get to a place where we have a loving, intimate relationship, active relationship with Christ. Keeping in mind that Father's not worried about how much we memorize a verse, he's going to want to look into our heart and see the reflection of his son in our heart and how we've lived our lives in accordance with that. Number two is to pray for President Trump to be a repenting president in Christ. Number three, which I changed it around a little bit today, which is sowing seeds. Number three, physically and spiritually sowing seeds. Number four, which is nurturing our children and our parents so that we reset the arc of life, meaning that as they took care of us, we take care of them, but we have to protect them too from the war that's being waged against them. And number five, to heal first and last nations. So I I shared that and, and really didn't know where the conversation would go. Well, the conversation went on for about four hours. We sat and we talked about the tribes and we talked about Jesus and we talked about the challenges that they face in the tribal nations with the old ways versus you know having, being able to maintain the new ways along with accepting Christ or maintaining some of the old ways but in the traditions but instead but instead of walking that path with Christ and we just had an amazing conversation and one point in the conversation I was amazed at how well I was being received. And I expressed this in, in my thoughts to Father. I'm like, this is a man that I'm sitting before me that's the vice president of the Navajo Nation. And you have, you have me seated before him, and I've become a guest with at least some recognition, even though they don't know me. And I said, and it's, I just find that amazing. And, and the words I got back were, you are my emissary. Do you understand now? You see, I think this is a pretty big lesson because when we truly embrace a mission with God and we're truly walking with Christ, it's not about ego. It's actually all about humility. But it's known, it's felt, it's seen. And that was evident today because whatever my mission was as God has me on, I was received as that person today the person carrying a message from Father. And I give a lot of credit to Native culture because they read hearts a lot better than we do. We, read, we like to read people. We like to use our minds to analyze people. Traditional cult, Native cultures, First Nations, tend to do a lot of emphasis from their whole lives on reading a person's heart. So we had an amazing business we discussed, and... And at one point, the vice president said, you know, today is kingdom business, which was really powerful because that's exactly what it was. And he had taken time out of his day to stop everything, to sit and listen to kingdom business. That's a real 
leader of a nation right there. So we, the vice president's wife, the second lady, had to leave to go attend to some family business. And so the vice president and I were left. And we walked out together. And then he asked if I'd like to go up and see Circle Rock. I'm sorry, Window Rock. Window Rock. I said, of course, because it's right where the headquarters of the, of the Navajo Nation is. That's where their National Assembly meets, right there. And so we drove up a ways, and we went. It's where all the National Assembly buildings are. And we got a chance to walk up to Window Rock and stand before a really amazing, uh, really beautiful memorial to the, to the Code Talkers or Wind Talkers, which were the Navajo saved the United States in World War II because they spoke a language that had never been documented. And so the code talkers were able to speak in their native tongue, but it ended up being a code that no other nation could break. If you haven't seen that film or read that story, it's really profound. It's a good one. And in that conversation, the vice president and I exchanged a lot of very good words, and he made the comment, he says, uh, there's so much to do. So I wonder where we begin. And the words that were given to me was this, we begin now with you and I, where two or, or three are gathered. And so what I can honestly say, and I truly mean this, is there's a commitment that started today, which continued on this evening, and I'll talk more about that in a moment, that the healing of First and Last Nations has begun because two people came together with a commitment to do that to put aside the blood rifts and to now start talking and finding ways. It's a long journey. But what I know is what father showed me is that's something that I need to pursue. And now there's something I'm somebody I will pursue it with, which is the vice president of Navajo nation. And we need to start building those bridges because in this time that we're in, no matter how you feel about this, I'm going to tell you what father's shown me. We are not going to survive if we do not unite as one people under God. And we need First Nations. They have a great deal of wisdom and knowledge from old that we have long since forgotten. And we're going to need all of that as we move forward. And so it's up to us to walk with humility and to find a way to, together through the body of Christ that we can unite, that we can respect our differences as much as we embrace our commonalities. But that we have to embrace, we have to set aside the blood rifts. The same people that are trying to destroy us today were the same bloodlines that tried to destroy the Navajo, the Cherokee, the Cheyenne, the Crow, I could go on a list. And they did it in such a way and intentionally so that there would be rifts of blood between generations that we should, they would hope we could never heal. But in a very profound statement today, I give great credit to the vice president as he spoke very candidly about some of the sufferings that they've had to endure as they were removed from the land, a 452-mile march to Fort Sumter, where they lost many, many of their people. And that was not the Trail of Tears. This was their own march. And as he shared this story with me, he said, you know, 
He said, I've prayed on this. And, and he said, and then I suddenly realized as father showed me that we too in tribes, in our tribal times had done things to our other tribes that we must also atone for. Why this is so significant is that as a man who truly walks with Jesus, because it's not about pointing outwards. As they say, if you point a finger at someone, there's three pointing back at you. He, is a, he was a man and is a man that's willing to look at both their own histories and the histories that they had to live through by virtue of our leadership and willing to accept accountability where, they needs, where accountability needs to be set. We each need to do the same. Because at the core of the Constitution and the core of us building bridges, we have to live now in a world of accountability. And some of those are going to be hard to swallow. And there is a very deep, deep rift in much of the tribal nations with white men because of all that was done. And we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear the, about the guilt because we didn't have anything to do with it. But here's the deal. That problem that occurred then is still ongoing today. And we need to start finding ways to working together, to showing a new way forward. And what was probably most inspiring in this in that meeting at the at the final point on the reservation was at the foot of of Window Rock, two people that were working for the vice president, younger men. One was going to Penn State and had just returned. Another was his assistant, both in their 20s. And I found the most encouraging that as they sat and listened to my story, they fully embraced it and agreed that that's how we have to move forward together. This is where we're going to have to head and and we're going to need to build the bridges in order for us to all survive. Because this one enemy is trying to kill us and enslave us all. And if we could all understand that, I think we'd have a pretty easy time coming together. There's a big wall that occurs between a reservation and the outside world. We live in one world. They try to survive in another. And in spite of all of the attempts that we've made to try to educate people on the dangers of the backs, what was pretty evident today is thanks to a long legacy of nasty, nasty operations against them. Poison blankets, nasty food, poisoned food. The reservations, the Native Americans live with a certain massive distrust and fear of what this government would do to them. And that isn't something that manifests out of nowhere. It is manifested out of real experience. So the mask and the concerns for that, when they brought Fochi in, it makes me hate this man more than I can ever tell you. Because he obviously, he's, he is a psychopath. And he read their, their vulnerability and he fanned those flames of vax and mask. And so they're still living with those mandates. So it is something that we, as the people, need to work to try to bridge, to educate, support, and have empathy for. And we have great opportunity here. 
So as I was leaving, the vice president said, you know, he says there is an event this weekend in Gallup. I'm staying in Gallup. I've never been to Gallup. God had me come to Gallup. Why Gallup? Because it's close to Window Rock. And I found a hotel I wanted here. He says, um, and tonight, he said, I'd like to introduce you to a few people that are part of that event this weekend. I, I have no idea what this event is. It's actually called the First Nations Day of Honor event. So he says, why don't you, I'll send you a pin, and you can just follow it on GPS. Why don't you meet me there? And we'll, and I'll introduce you to some folks. So he really had no intention of going to this meeting at all tonight. This was the pre-meeting to tomorrow's event. But because of our meeting, he felt compelled to introduce me to these people. And he said that as witness to those that were there. So away we go and we arrived. I was going, I went ahead of him and, and we ended up arriving like literally one minute apart. He parked right behind me and we went in and I met the pastor that was putting this event on. And then I ended up, went and met the coordinator that was putting this on. And then we went inside to the small room venue there was probably, I don't know, 30 people there. You know, Patriots, is, <laughs> I, I still snicker at this because I wasn't supposed to be here this weekend. And at this event, then at this pre-event, I walk in and there's people I know. Coy Griffin, Coy Griffin is there, along with a media group that had been at Bards Fest. And as I learned later, even two avid Bards FM listeners were there tonight. And so unexpectedly, the vice president stood up and he's respected and greeted that way. And he introduced, he talked about himself. And then he says, as he looks across, he says, I, I want to introduce my new friend. He says, he's come a long ways and he brought me a Bible today. And today we did kingdom business. And I want him to tell you his story. So I told the story of the 12 Bibles. And this was number 11. And I told the story of the trip. And then I told the story of what God put on my heart as a message. And I'm telling you, when you're sitting in a crowd like that, and they're all there for a single purpose, they're there to unite under the under one body in Christ. These are different people from different walks of life. And the interesting thing is before I got, the, got up, up, up there, the first person that was speaking, I remember what Plymouth was about. Plymouth was about restoring the covenants. And this man was from Romania originally. And he was giving his talk before, as we walked in. And what was he talking on? Covenants, <laughs> establishing and respecting the covenants of old. And I just started to smile. I said, Father, you're here tonight. This is pretty amazing. I didn't even know what a covenant was before I went to Plymouth. Now I can't, I keep running into it everywhere. So I did my brief talk and just laid it out. And it was just really 
amazing. I said goodbye to the vice president. He had some family business to take care of. which I'll see him tomorrow. And I think most touching to me was that there was just a number of Native Americans that came up and just thanked me for the words on healing first and last nation. Those aren't my words. That's what Father's put before me to speak, which speaks again to the power of what he puts within us as we share it as he tells us to. And it's, it's so important right now because these words are being, are being received. They're not being rejected. People are taking them in their heart. They're hearing them. So one of the things I said at um, Springfield, and I talked about how the Bible had changed. It was originally intended for one person, and then God showed it to me that it was intended for Matt Thayer. And God told me at the time, he said, this is about who shows up. That was the words he gave me. And he said, that's what this time is about, is who shows up. So as we, I finished and I'm standing on the back, and there's now another speaker who's speaking. It just, it was a great talk. He talked about us as the kings and queens of the world, that the earth is waiting for us to stand up, to take our position, our rightful position as inheritors, as those who have been given dominion through the body of Christ. And you know I believe in that. And then he says this. We don't know each other. I've never seen this man. And then he says this. He says, this is a time as God has shown me for those that show up. And I started to smile again. I said, well, Father, obviously we're all getting the same message. When I met the coordinator of this event, it was a young lady had been called by God to bring together the First Nations and the Last Nations to talk about coming together as one body. That is the same message that was given to Michelle and Leah in principle for the event in Rhode Island, in um, Plymouth Rock. You see, we keep, when we keep bump, bumping around and we're bumping into the same people, we're starting to see something here. God is calling his people. He's giving us the same message. And this is the power of us trusting in him. This is how things work. And this is the perfection of God's glory. So I then met Coy Griffith, Griffin. And I, I'm telling you, I've been trying to get hold of him for like, I was introduced to him and I find out that the phone that I was texting him on is, was his county commissioner's phone, and I don't know if you've heard what's happened to him. He is the head of Cowboys for Trump. They removed him from office because they sued him in civil court for being at the January 6th event. He was also thrown in jail for some period of time, I don't know, 10, 15 days, in the gulag, as he calls it, where all the January 6th protesters are being held. He's going to come on the show here very soon, uh, just so I can assure you because we've made that commitment he is a great man he it is and when i met him it was like meeting literally a brother from another mother and i don't say that lightly he and i hit it off like we had known each other when i was introduced he start he starts smiling i looked over at him i went over later he gave me a big hug we talked like we had been two guys that hadn't seen each other for 10 years and that was the first time we met. And see, that's, again, 
this beautiful, beautiful way God works. And then I had this two Bards FM followers that were there. That when they heard, they didn't recognize me partly because I don't, obviously I'm not on a video feed much. But it was, it was, it made me smile because the minute they said Scott Kesterson Bards FM, or I said that, I kind of heard this woohoo on the side. Avid followers. And that's again how God works. Sprinkling people all around the world that we're all tied together in this amazing place. And then when something happens like this, we suddenly find the linkage that brings us together. By the way, this event, my hotel, there's a bunch of hotels here in Gallup. My hotel is 3.2 miles away from this event. It could have been a lot farther. And I just laughed again. I'm like, Father, here I am. I just took a hotel that I liked, and I'm 3.2 miles away from this event. And it gets even smaller because tomorrow there was another one of the other guys on the on the sh- there. He's a we had him on the show, and I'm going to have to admit that I'm kind of drawing a blank on him. He's a former NFL player, and he was on the show, and then he got very sick right after the show. In fact, he got poisoned. And he was running for office, and he was the guy who did the he did the KKK advertisement as a black man taking out guns against the KKK. Jerome, it's Jerome. So he was there, but this is what crazy because he comes up to me afterwards and he says, "Brother, those words were anointed. Thank you." And I said, "Well, thanks very much." He's a big guy too, and. He starts telling me his story, and I go, wait a minute. I go, Jerome, you were on the show. He goes, I was? And it happened just before he got sick, and then he remembered. So here we have someone who was on the show, someone I've been trying to get hold of, Bard's, Bard's followers. And then we just have this really appreciative Native audience. And the stories start to continue to interweave. So I, the, the guy that I mentioned that was speaking about the covenants, at the beginning he was Romanian. Well, he was telling me how God had put on his heart to lead the nation to a prayer and repentance in 2019 and 2020 before the election. But that none of it worked out. And and as he said, it was shown to me as if we didn't do it, we were going to end it up with Trump losing office. And I just find that amazing because then a year after that, we're at Bard's Fest and I'm told through the prayer team, we must repent. And we turned Bard's Fest into a, a massive repentance for the nation. And God opens and closes that with a rainbow in the sky. You see, God's telling us all the same thing. And he's dropping it to who will listen and who will show up. This whole thing is about who is going to show up. And where two or three are gathered That's the principle here. It's the Gideon's army principle here. This day ends up being, this part of the trip brings it all together. And so then I discover that, you know, like tomorrow his glory is going to be here. There's just a bunch of people that are showing up that I was just like, man, this is crazy. I didn't even know this event existed. And this ends up being another event very much like Plymouth. And it was, again, a young lady, and then Plymouth was with the resistance chicks that God spoke to to stand this event up, and then the people come. 
this is a pretty humbling walk. And someone destroyed our indigenous people interested in Christ. Of course they are. And and you, until you take the chance to go out and meet them, you're never going to know the answer to that question. There, As I drove into... The problem we have in the Christian community is we have an elitist attitude that has suffered through our community. And the point that we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be doing discipleship. We're supposed to be reaching out. We're supposed to be meeting with people. We're supposed to be bridging, not dividing. We're not supposed to be hoveling up in our churches and talking about what one church is better than another because our scripture's interpretations are better than their scripture interpretations. God does not judge us on scripture. He's going to judge us on how we walk with Jesus. And as I said already tonight, when he looks into our heart and he says, let me see the reflection of my son in your heart and how you lived your life in accordance to that. That is how we should be walking. And that means that there's going to be, like in the body of Christ, there's going to be many different colors to that experience. God doesn't tell us to embrace Christ and reject everything that we ever were. Everything that we ever were becomes enriched through our rebirth through Christ. My life, my own life, is, a, is like watching a, a, this crazy map of navigation, and yet through the body of Christ and through the embracement of that walk with Jesus, it is a perfect map written by Father for everything that I need now. I worked with a shaman once. I've worked with Native Americans briefly. I've had encounters that have allowed me to see into their culture, to have an appreciation for what they bring. That gives us humility. I'm not Native and I'm not a native worshiper, but I respect the culture for what it is. I'm also not guilt-ridden, but I also embrace the fact that there were definitely wrongs done that have to be righted. And part of that is us acknowledging those truths and doing so humbly with respect. So, we have that responsibility and Father expects that of us. We're dealing with trauma. So I want to put something in perspective here. And this is another, this leads to a story then. As the night wound down, and I've engaged with a lot of people, and I started to leave, there was a woman by the name of Sabrina Barnett. She's native. And she was a, she's also a professional model. And her she's worked her life now and dedicated her life to uniting all the tribes. And we talked about what I'm going to talk about now, which is, I think, very important to embrace. We are all now, for the first time, very much all of us are on equal footing. First Nations and Last Nations, us being Last Nations. And why do I say that? Because First Nations as a nation was put through cultural trauma. 
That 452-mile walk to Fort Sumner was designed to break them, and they lost many. What it did is it stained them spiritually, and it's left them with permanent, at least we'll say deep distrust for anybody that comes from white culture. It also makes it very difficult to introduce Jesus because they see that as white man's God. All of that was done by design. The British and the descendants of colonialization that understood exactly what they were doing because they had done it before so many times. So we're dealing with a culture in these reservations that many have suffered major trauma. President Trump's, the vice president and the, and the second lady, and there's, you can look this up. It's easy to find. You just look up. Myron Lizer, Vice President Myron Lizer, or Vice President Navajo, Oval Office, President Trump. And you will see that he is standing with the second lady to the right of President Trump as President Trump is signing one of the executive orders to protect women on the reservation and children. President Trump is the first president to ever address that issue. And this becomes a very important issue, which we spoke at length about today. Because still, child sex trafficking and women abductions are extremely high on the reservations. And unfortunately, the perception on the reservations is they're, they're weak, they're lazy, or they're alcoholics or drug users. Well, I got news for you. That takes care of about... 80% of the American culture right now as a whole, so we don't really have a whole lot to say these days. But COVID has leveled the playing field, and I think this is God's work again because the reservations have dealt with trauma culture, and when you're traumatized like that, just like with the mask thing and why I hate Fochi even more than I did when I started today, because I know exactly what he did. He fanned the flames of fear in a culture that was already suspect and fearful of somebody from the outside doing to them again what had already been done. So wearing masks is understandable. Seeking the injection would be understandable, even though it was designed to do more harm than good. When we get to As we go through today's talk, and we, were, we had this, and Dottie and I had a long talk about the women's issues, and then later I had that same talk with Sabrina Barnett. And really what stuck out at me as I came out of that talk is, again, like I said, how the playing field has now been made equal. For the first time, convenience culture and, and the protected and insulated world of America has now been ruptured, that we've now dealt with trauma and cultural trauma put upon us by our government. We've now dealt with the hand of evil that has tried to kill us and done so with the most devious things through institutions that we should have been able to trust. We don't yet have the Calvaries of Custer going through the villages as the men were out fighting to, to skewer, burn, and rape the women and children in the native villages. We don't have that quite yet, but I'm sure the FBI is ginning up something to try to get close. So is the IRS. My point is, we are all now facing 
what has already been done to one culture. We are now, as we run around and scream and get mad, we're now experiencing a small dose of what they have had to live with for years. That isn't a karma thing. That isn't us deserving something. The greatest gift in all of that is our ability now to unite. There is greatness. There is more strength in us coming together than us being apart. And we have a common enemy and we have a common trauma. And if we can appreciate that, we can set all this aside and we can start to heal this as one, truly one nation under God. I think one of the great things that was embraced today everywhere that I spoke is the concept of one nation under God. I didn't speak to thousands. I haven't spoken to everyone on a reservation. And I know that there will be many that will never re- accept that. And quite frankly, there's going to be many in our own culture that won't accept it, which is sad. But it begins with one, with an idea, or being led by Father. It begins with two, common in prayer. And from them, we can change the world. And I truly believe that. And today, that was done. Today, some dude that listened to Father went on a road trip that became an emissary for Father himself, sat before the, president, the vice president of Navajo Nation, two people that were strangers at the beginning of this day, that left today as friends, as brothers in Christ, with an appreciation for where we each are and for a love and desire to see a unity and a healing of all nations under God. One nation under God. That's all it takes. And that's to me the most powerful gift that God's given me and I hope you can hear it and embrace it as well this is a big day and it happens on the eve of Rosh Hashanah which ironically tomorrow even in our calendar marks the end of the old world and the beginning of a new that's God again because never would I have foreseen that to happen and all these timings and events to come together. All happening now. Together. In his perfect timing, in his perfect way. Praise Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father. I'm going to speak some from my heart and some for others and all of us tonight, but I am going to start by saying thank you. In such an amazing trip and such an amazing day to literally know that today we laid the footing, we, we took back that ground to heal First Nations and Last Nations, and we have begun Thank you, Father. For together, as we walk now, we seek one nation under God. And so tonight we raise our prayers for the healing of the pain 
the healing of the blood rifts, the healing of the trauma that has separated us for so long. Tonight we pray for the hearts to open and to let the power of heaven just pour down upon us all, to let the Holy Spirit roll through us and to stand us up as one body And yes, we're going to see things in many different ways, and there's going to be very many different colors to that. But let us stop seeing each other by difference of color or difference of tradition or difference of whatever reason. Let us begin the conversation with how we are so much as one within the body of Christ. And Jesus, I'm just going to say, we need a little bit of theatrics right now. We pray for a little bit of theatrics to make your presence known, to shake up some hearts, to leave it undeniable as to the glory of you as our King. So if you're so inclined, shake it up because we all enjoy it, we all need it, and there's many that need to have that touch and that love that can only come from you. Thank you, Father, for all that's been given. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Bards Nation, for your prayers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this amazing movement that we're creating. We are taking back this world. And today, like I saw at Plymouth, like I've seen on this entire trip, we are taking back this world. The kings and queens, God's children are awakening. We're standing in the gap. We're wielding that sword of the the spirit in a mighty way. We're standing in through covenant, through bond of blood, through the acceptance of Christ and rebirth through Christ ourselves. We're standing in face of evil and evil is collapsing. It cannot stand or withstand us. But we have to believe and we have to be true in that walk with Jesus and we have to listen and we have to trust. And when we do, crazy things happen like we end up sitting with the vice president of the Navajo Nation and taking a picture together in front of Window Rock, the most sacred place on the entire reservation. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us, and oh, is he with us. And he will never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But he trusts us. And we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
feel something I just wanna breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I wanna feel something Let me get back in my body 